Good morning. It is Tuesday, July 13th, 2021. My name is Tyler Wallace, and this is the Eclectic Armchair Eclectic Podcast. The Armchair Eclectic Podcast is very eclectic, and I think it's time to get a little bit more humble with this episode, a little bit more personable, a little bit more personal. I have some confessions to make. I have allowed my brain to absolutely carry me in too many directions in a short amount of time. My hubris aside, my lack of ability to clone myself aside, it becomes more and more apparent to me sooner, thank God, seriously, sooner than in the past, that I want and desire too many things simultaneously. And it is a humbling realization, as it should be, as it should be, because it allows for one to experience pain. Pain that causes change. If you're a fan of Tony Robbins, you may have heard the concept of, or the the, the root understanding of the word decision. The Latin root understanding, or the the rough translation, is to cut away from, decision, cut, D, away from. And I think it's really important that we understand when we make a decision, we're actually deciding for the thing. But as... Jordan Peterson reminds in his chapter, Resentment, from the book Beyond Order, or perhaps it's actually Discipline and Unity, the chapter from Beyond Order. My apologies. What he reminds is that in order to commit yourself to one thing, in order to really commit yourself to that one thing and be successful is what he's implying to follow through with it you really have to cut away from all the other paths that you could choose and here's the paradox there is that while we're cutting away from all the other paths that we could choose there's really only one path that we take And perhaps it was the only path that was ever in front of us for us to take. No one really is capable of understanding the level of self-exploration and self-analysis and self-work that an individual goes through. Whether they intended to do that work or not. Let's just assume 
deep down on a fundamental level, they did intend to do that work. You could call it a process of evolution. Or you could call it a higher self living out through your person. Or it could be both. But really and truly, what I'm saying is, of all the paths set before us, maybe only one of them is real and everything else is an illusion. Why do I ask this question? Well, let's be honest with ourselves here. We all want a lot of things. Affluenza aside, this is a confession-based episode, so let me just tell you right now some of the things that I would aspire to in the past and will continue to in the future. And I'm far from these things by <laughs> billions of dollars. I absolutely want to be a billionaire someday. It's a marathon, not a sprint. At this present moment, I have very little in a 401k, and that's pretty much it. I have no wealth in the monetary sense. Very little wealth. I have liquidated what wealth I did have this year, which wasn't much, in the form of going through a divorce, in the form of not working a regular job, for the majority of last year and the majority of this year so far. And in that continuing poor spending habits, which caused me to save less money than I would be able to otherwise. Things like smoking cigarettes, things like going into a gas station and buying a pack of cigarettes and perhaps buying a the occasional water bottle or or other vice like alcohol or candy or soda things that i move away from unconsciously often and go back to unconsciously occasionally it's good to admit the progresses that we have made and i will say this Having been a larger 16-year-old man, young man, when I say larger, I was almost and heading towards 300 pounds at 16. I did reach 320 pounds by the time I was 17 and 18. I played football. I probably ate 10,000 calories a day on some days, and I valued my weight in a way that helped me keep it. It was almost like a, a self-conscious creating, self-conscious shield, if you will. I also enjoyed eating, like all of us do. But I enjoyed it to a decadent sense. I enjoyed it to a gluttonous level. Hence me weighing 300 20 pounds at the age of 18, graduating high school and not having 
not having a good summer right after high school, I was very unhealthy. I had sciatica at the age of 18. It was almost as if I had a 40-year-old body at the age of 18. <clears throat> and so what I was referring to at the age of 16 was that I was mature-looking enough in a culture that was not diligent enough that I was able to go to a number of gas stations across my area in Dallas-Fort Worth, and I was able to buy cigarettes and, at times, when I chose to attempt it, I was often able to buy alcohol as a young man. Beer. I didn't really try liquor stores, but the local gas station, you know. They're just trying to make money after all. They don't care what our vices are, what our choices are. There's enough people with those vices and choices. They don't care whether we buy it or not. Think about that. We're so reliable as a human race to engage in our vices that you and I and 12 people that we know could all join a help group today and never buy those things again. And it would have zero, uh, you know, noticeability to your local 7-Eleven owner. I'm not saying it would have zero impact on the world. That is by far not what I am saying. Your sobriety or your temperance could, quite frankly, your prudence could change the world. It really could. It really could. Because what could happen is that your sobriety and your temperance and your prudence, your ability to to strengthen your resolve and make good decisions could lead you to something that was great, that was waiting for you, like digging in a gold mine. Well, let's think about that for a second. And yes, there's a time and place for libations and celebration. Absolutely. But truly, in digging for gold, when you're in a mine, when you're in a hole, when you're about to set off an explosive, when you are working with earth, which could collapse on you, when you are stuck in a hole trying to claw your way out, versus digging a diagonal path out to look for more gold in the process. conceptually, archetypally, when you're doing all these things, it, it matters to be focused. It does. It matters to be involved in the work that you're doing and not just jumping from thing to thing like a robot. But why does that matter? <clears throat> well, it's your survival that depends on it especially in such a dangerous situation as digging for gold, because earth does collapse, mines do cave in, holes do present themselves to be fallen into. And when those things happen, a sober mind might be all it takes to avoid it.
And so humbly I admit that I am financially struggling. And I did this to myself. I have this idealized version of, of myself being a business owner. And fundamentally what I sense about myself is that I want to be my own boss because I do not desire to answer to anyone else. It's not about riches, it's not about fame, it's not about glory. It might be more about shame and this like social, emotional claustrophobia, I might call it. Well, you might be saying, Tyler, what the heck does that mean? It means that I feel crowded in life sometimes. And the great thing about that is that during periods of my life, I thoroughly enjoy that and see it as a requirement for my growth, to be part of a community, to be part of a network, to be part of a business, to be part of a team, to be part of a mission, not some solo operator, but part of a mission. Because here's the thing, is there really such a thing as a solo operator? Well, not, not really. Um, it, it might be best defined as, as the crazy person who's taking it upon themselves to do whatever they want. And more often than not, that is not a positive thing. Because it takes social interaction and socialization to learn how to be with other people. And so the solo missionary, if you will, well, they might find themselves way off base when it comes to sharing these things. They find that they're wrong about certain things or they find that they're right about certain things, but it hurts too much to share with others. That's right. They might be wrong about parts of the story that is life, but they might be so right about other parts of the story that it hurts them. That's growth. Seeing both of those is part of growth and part of wisdom development. And so some of the areas where I was wrong recently, I was wrong to think that I could start a book, a novel, <clears throat> a very abstract, magical, you know, sort of inspired, but not really by the fictions that I have read. I was crazy to think that I could start a podcast and immediately get the results that I wanted from it. Not crazy. And I've done this before. Uh, there's so many podcasts nowadays that you just have to accept that, you know, people are not going to discover it until you um, compel them to discover it. And that's work. I, quite frankly, am insane to think that I could run for governor of Texas <laughs> but sometimes crazy people have to do what crazy people do 
And so while I know that I would not win if I did run for governor of Texas, it's the why I would not win that matters. It really is. It's the why I could win that also matters. Why would I win if I won at this stage in life? Well, if we're being honest, if I did as a 32, about to be 33-year-old man from Texas, if I did win, it would be probably because people are ignorant about who I really am and my level of intelligence about politics. And I could simply lie, cheat, and steal my way into it. Lying would be in the form of creating platform ideas that I could, quote-unquote, achieve, which is just the way things are in politics. People say they can bring you these promises to fruition, and, and they never are able to do everything. That's the nature of the game. That's something that should change, that should be part of every politician's rhetoric. I don't know what I will be able to achieve out of this list of things, but here are the things that I idealize, and these are the things that I believe we can achieve, and here are the things that I believe will be very difficult to achieve. And it's the process of exploring those and prioritizing those that helps maintain a nation, helps create the type of changes that people desire and need both. And it's okay that I'm, you know, being told by really professional, uh, professionally involved people, let's just say it like that, that, hey, it's great that you want to run for politics. You know, run for public office. It's great that you want to consider yourself for governor and get others to consider you too. That's great. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. However, it would serve you, Tyler, better to... It would, ser it would help you serve others better, is what I ultimately hear, even though it's not what I'm exactly being told, to start on a local level. And my hubris says, hey, I told somebody in a Facebook comment, okay, you don't like how Texas has, executes? Fine. I agree with you. I should, I'll run for governor. That's how I made the decision. That's not quite manic. It's more like, hey, maybe hubris. It's more like, hey, I don't like what you dislike too. One of us should do something about it. And the truth is, and this is the important thing, we don't have to be a politician to do something about it. <clears throat> However, I will say this. All of those who are choosing to do something about it now are open to feedback. Uh, or they should be open to feedback. What I mean is they need feedback because they're not always doing a very efficient or effective job, just like all of us everywhere in our lives. Part of the reason for that is that a lot of people get into politics as a way of personally branding themselves or as a hobby. I mean, a hobby. Honestly, 
you go every Monday night to a restaurant, you hang out with your friends that are part of your party on a local level, and you maintain this system of structure that has to do with your political party on a local level, which then feeds into the state level or the county level, rather, which then feeds into the state level, which then feeds into the national level, which then feeds into the global level. And eventually that will feed into the solar system level. So how do I know that I can achieve what I want to achieve? Well, there you go, the solar system level. You have Richard Branson taking a little skip tour like he was going to leave the atmosphere. And from my understanding, he was still in, you know, a certain level of Earth's orbit, right? But he was outside in space, in, in vacuum, or at least in the edges of vacuum. That's space. He made it to space. He took a handful of people and he went up into space. And he spent probably, probably, I don't know what he spent, I haven't looked at it, but probably over a billion dollars over the past however many years it's been to achieve it. Elon Musk, the same. And if you think about it, so maybe they didn't spend that, but they're dividing, the dividing of time, so, you know, I'm not saying what they're doing is wrong. But these are these are individuals, Elon Musk, Richard Branson, these are individuals with vast groups of people working for them because they have multiple companies. You know, Richard Branson, music, cell phones, data, marketing. Elon Musk, automobiles, batteries, solar. That's not even their entire portfolios. They have money working for them instead of working for money. They've given themselves financial independence through their businesses, which is exactly what I want to do. And thereby, they've created this eclectic lifestyle that's not too eclectic. Whatever knowledge eclectic that they may have, they are not in an infinite number of businesses. They have a finite amount of responsibilities, though their responsibilities may far outreach the common persons. So what does that mean? Well, it means that through their actions, they were able to achieve a certain list of things that they set out to achieve. I can guarantee you that none of this happened by accident. Richard Branson didn't have a cell phone company, a music label, and a tour in space on accident. So how is it that we set forth in our intentions and achieve our goals, achieve our future? It's decisions. Every day we make decisions. Decisions like this. Should I go to sleep now, or should I stay up 30 more minutes and play that video game, or read a book, or write, or watch TV? 
or just go to sleep. And you see each one of those decisions has an impact. For instance, staying up at all might undo 10% of the 10% of the goodness that you created for yourself that day because you need to sleep. And just losing a 1% of the goodness that you created for the, yourself that day has a compounding impact. See, that's what people don't understand is that the way the way investing works, the way compounding works with investing. And the term is blanking on me right now, but the term I can conceptualize for you of how people create a regular frequency of investment. You know, it's like I'm going to put $5 a day into my Acorns account or something like that. Uh, by doing that, you not, not only do you buy on the dips, but you buy on the highs too. But what happens is, uh, it's like, what is it called? Average cost investing? I can't remember the term right now. The point is, somebody out there knows it. Hit me up on my Instagram and tell me what it is. Make fun of me. I don't care. But here's the thing. You profit when you buy low. You lose a little when you buy high. Zero cost averaging. And you are... Is that what it's called? Zero cost average? I don't think that's right. And so basically what you're doing is ignoring the price and committing to a set amount of investment every time, whatever the frequency. And by doing that and not selling the asset, you're constantly, constantly, constantly growing that account. Now you may incur losses. I'm not saying that it's a perfect system, but you still have value in that account to some level whether it's more value or less value than what you originally started with, that's not the point. You've invested over it, especially invested in it over a period of time. So it's actually kind of confusing to understand how much value you've actually put into it because currency has a speculative dynamic value anyways, besides the fact that so does the stocks that you're investing in or the cryptocurrency or the precious metals, whatever it might be. But the point is, just like these concepts, obscure, hard to measure, without data, without intelligence. Now apply that to your decisions in life. Not just about finances, but about your habits. If I smoke one more cigarette, does it really take seven minutes off my life? Am I investing in myself by smoking a cigarette? Am I robbing Peter to pay Paul? Yes, in a way. There's no justification other than my immediate gratification. It's not even my addiction. That's not my justification. I could justify the fact that I will be uncomfortable, perhaps in a very important way uncomfortable, if I don't smoke the cigarette. But what I cannot justify is how that is a justification and a lie and I'm just telling myself what I want to hear so that I smoke the cigarette. 
can't really justify that. You have to embrace that. You have to love that. That's humanity is what that is. Good gosh, thank you for being a human. That's all I ever really wanted to be. <laughs> That's not true. As a kid, I imagined what it might be to be a house cat or a dog, right? Or any type of animal. And for a moment in our imaginations, we can want to be something else, but we have to come back to ourselves. And so, yes, I wanted to be the Texas state governor, but why? To create change? Yes. To rebalance some of the things that I think many people agree should be rebalanced? Yes. To be more educated and empathetic towards the plights and desires and needs of other people? Absolutely. To do something about that? You bet your ass. But here's the thing, the world would have us believe that we would have to aspire to such greatness as being a governor or, or something or another, like a senator or a lawyer or a doctor, to do those things. To create the change that people require for their development. Well, it's just not true. There's a place for everyone. You know, I, I think it's positive to reframe being a voter as a form of public office. I think that's a positive reframe because it's what it is in a way. You're not getting paid to vote. However, you are contributing. That's why voting is so important because, I mean, quite frankly, if we don't vote, we voted for no one. That's a vote. You voted for no one. However, if we do vote, we're voting for people's ideas, people's empowerment. It could be good, it could be bad. But what it is, is an endorsement. It's giving ourselves to a process and saying, hey, I'm part of this process because I believe in something, or at least I think something might be true. All that aside, it's a marathon, not a sprint, right? So what does that mean? That means <clears throat> I probably shouldn't smoke a cigarette because I need my breath, for one. Too bad. You talk about it so much, it just might happen. But... What I'm really getting down to, what I really want to talk about in this yet another unprepared format of this podcast. That's right, I'm just, if you probably can tell, I'm just going completely off cuff here. And just a little, you know, quick aside, I most of the time do. The only episode that I went off of a, a scripting, off of an outline, was the FOMO episode, the fear of missing out. And that's a good callback here because, well, I think that's what I suffer from whenever I try and decide I want to do too many things at once. In the midst of deciding <laughs> for a few weeks that I want to run for Texas state governor, which can still happen, but there's some steps I need to take first. And I realize that out of humility. 
uh, what, what else am I doing? Well, I'm trying to start my own business. And failing miserably, as one should, right? As one should, to learn about themselves, to grow. I mean, if someone just set off to start their own business, and they didn't fail miserably, <laughs> they're fucking lucky. Right? But they're just starting out. They're just getting to a point where they could fail miserably. And then they made some type of decision that allowed them not to. That's great. That doesn't mean the next decision is going to be the same. That doesn't mean they can't fail miserably at any point in the turns of their decisions. And that's where humility comes in. The teacher. The archetype of being pushed down by life and accepting it. Just accepting the truth. The truth is, uh, Greg Abbott, the current governor of Texas, is probably going to run again. Now, a lot of people don't like him anymore. They used to. So he's probably not going to win. And then you have Alan West, who is a very prominent Republican and an African-American. To my knowledge, he would be the first African-American that won the Texas state governorship. To a lot of people, that's significant. And then you have Matthew McConaughey, who, well, he would be the disruptor. And that's what we need, disruptors. There's no way to really know how it's going to happen, but a lot of people have an idea. I'm not one of those people. We can all just make it up, but a lot of people have data. They can back things up. But in, then again, that data can easily be wrong. So, then they're humbled. They're humbled by their inability to measure the data correctly, or their inability to maintain themselves in a way against that data that allows for other possibilities. So a little bit about the, the business that I got involved with. It was like a partnership, a type of partnership where there is no salary. And that's really the fundamental of the new business owner. There's no revenue. There's no income. And if there is, it's never enough. And if it feels like there's never enough, that means I haven't escaped what we would call the rat race yet. And perhaps the rat race is something that we individually recreate in our own head based on some sort of mind control or system of belief that comes from other people. But maybe we need that humility. 
to a certain degree so that we don't all step on each other every day. So what am I saying? I'm saying, yeah, there may be a certain value to the rat race that we create, not that it existed in nature, but that we create from our nature so that we remain humble because we value humility so much without putting it into words that we simply humble and hurt ourselves on a regular basis. <sighs> Hence the cigarette. I, I truly mean it whenever I say eclectic. I love the idea of studying all things and gaining from them. And I believe we all can. It's very possible. It's just that sometimes we get caught in a loop where we think we're learning something when we're actually not learning the thing. What does that look like? Well, it basically looks like making the same choices again and again, thinking that you know better, but still making the choices, which might be an ultimate form of sin. Why? Because if we're still making the choices that we know we shouldn't make, then we obviously haven't learned the lesson. We obviously haven't truly humbled ourselves enough to say, hey, or we haven't let the thing humble ourselves enough to say, hey, I don't have to do this. I don't have to be this way. I don't have to think this way. I don't have to act this way. Why am I doing this? And I do think that is a fundamental thing that we all explore too little, is our whys. It's easy. It's so easy to forget why we go to work every day. why we make the choices that are good for us and the choices that are bad for us. And it's easy to forget that what might be good for you might be bad for me and vice versa. And why is that important? Because, well, we have different needs. We're also dynamic. We are the center of our own universe. I mean, you are a focal point of your own perceptions. Not to say that other people's perceptions are any more or less valid than yours. It's just that no one has your point of view. But to humble yourself and not get a God complex with your thoughts is to say that you don't have anyone else's point of view. And that everyone's point of view is valid to them. And then to humble that even further and remind yourself that your eyes, your ears, your nose, your touch, all of your senses could easily mislead you. It's super important to remember. You could see a thing and think it's one thing, and then it turns out to actually be an entirely different thing. A great example of that is reading something a little bit too quickly, which is all too common in our world of social media. 
and misinterpreting it, putting your own understanding on it. That's just not true. And then sticking to that understanding for days, weeks, months, years, an entire lifetime when it's just not true. But maybe enough of it is true to where it makes a difference in your life in a positive way. That combined with the commitment to live it out can still make a difference in your life in a positive way and in other people's lives in a positive way. Because what's common in life is that people sense when people are on an upward track or a downward track. I mean, we all basically have this dynamic nature to us to where we could go from an upward track to a positive track very easily. And what is an upward track? Well, it's your heading towards the things that you believe are success. Those can be very abstract, like having a good relationship with yourself and with others, with God. Or things like making the money that you want to make so that you can feed yourself and your family. And that's where I'm at. You know, the truth of the matter is, in order to start a business, it really helps to have some savings. And that was always my goal. I wanted to have like $100,000 saved up by working in sales, which seems feasible. I know people do that. And then I wanted to walk away from the business world or the professional world, in a sense, and create my own world, create my own profession. And part of the reason why I haven't done that yet is because I haven't settled on one thing, and that's it. Some of us give the term settling a negative connotation, but I mean, it's really a, de a decision and committing to that decision. If you have ever gone through a breakup or especially a divorce from a marriage, you understand the cognitive dis dissonance and the confusion that comes with knowing that perhaps you had made a decision to stay with somebody for a lifetime and you thought that they had made the same decision. And then as things start to deteriorate, as you question that decision and they do the same, one of you is likely to walk away. And that's okay. People have different purposes in life. It's good to commit to something. It's better to follow through with it. Because really follow th following through with it is committing to it every single day and letting it humble you and letting it cause you a little bit of pain or a lot of pain. But as we interact with other people, there is a certain perhaps, again, dynamic and or intangible level of pain that everyone is able to endure. And what do I mean by that is that, well, one day someone might accept the fact that you 
are a certain way, and another day they may not. And it becomes part of their pain that you're going through pain. Or it becomes part of their pain that you have needs that you can't meet for yourself because of these long-term goals that you have. And that's why the term, you know, the, the idea of crawling before you walk, walking before you run, that's why it's so important. Because it's real. It's humbling. If you put a baby on a, on a track against Olympian runners, the baby doesn't stand a chance. But all of those Olympian runners were once babies. Just like that baby. They once never stood a chance too. And that's what we have to remember. Is that we may not stand a chance now. But that doesn't have to be a permanent state of being. And so understanding how and where we don't stand a chance is humbling. Because that's what we need in that moment to understand our weaknesses and our strengths. To harness those things and to grow into what it is. What it is that we want to be. what it is that we want to be. <sighs> Ernest Hemingway said, there is nothing noble in being superior to your fellow man. True nobility is being superior to your former self. And that's just it. We cannot compete with one another though we think we can. In games, perhaps, we do. But truly, in order to observe betterment, in order to observe progress, we cannot compare ourselves to others. It's too profound, too abstract, two different points of view. Doesn't work. We're too dynamic. We're not robots. We're not built the same. Every person is built different. And so the only person that it really matters to compare yourself to is you yesterday, your former self. We absolutely have to have our own beliefs in life. And often we build those beliefs based on other people and then we test them out over time. And so many of them are just not true. So many of those are limiting beliefs. That's why I know that I could run for governor. I could do the work. I could get the support that I need financially. I could make it happen. But even still, there's a good chance that I would only get tens of thousands or maybe even hundreds of thousands of votes out of the 51% of voters that I would need to win. Or as my friend Pedro says, the 50% plus one. 
because that's how you win in politics. You get a majority on your side. So, political theory aside, personal theory aside, I'm humbled by my inability to pay for things right now because I've got zero dollars in the bank account. And a lot of people will hear that and tune out, but it's the truth. It's the truth. And from time to time that does change. But I find myself hurting from working for myself and not having any income. Working with a company that is not my employer, but my partner company. Because I am a 1099 employee, so to speak. Or contract worker, so to speak. But you, there's the business model. It's just not for me. I've decided that I could do it. But my why is not tied into this. And part of the reason of for, like for that is that I have too many whys. That's why I love sales so much. Because there's so many whys out there. That you get to help as many other people as possible with their whys, at least at a business level. When talking about B2B sales, business to business sales. If my why is so abstract, then really I could do a lot of different things to reach it. That's boring. You lose passion going through life saying, oh, I want to make the world a better place. Okay, well, that's easy. All you have to do is be a little bit better every day. But that's abstract and ambiguous, and quite frankly, you may never have a dime. You know, a homeless person could do that. Seriously, they could. Because in in truth, better is subjective. It's not objective. It's subjective. Better at what? Make the world better how? How are you making yourself better? I mean, again, that's, that's what I've been doing every every day, most days, in some small way. <clears throat> But to tip the scales to make it actually a day that was a victory, well, that has to be defined. And if you define that and find that you're not living up to that, does that mean that this is not the place for you, that this is not your why place? Perhaps. There's nothing wrong with that. And don't let anyone judge you through your eyes or rather what do I mean don't let anyone judge you in a way that you adopt if people judge you for your decisions about how you want to make your money or be successful because you define your success don't let their definition of your success weaken yours weaken your definition no let 
their definition of success inspire your definition grow your definition not the other way around because understanding that other people are more successful than you well that creates imposter syndrome but appreciating that other people are more successful than you and knowing that because they did it too they did it you can too knowing that well that's what empowers the mind to believe to have faith to know that wow all of these things have led up to this moment and i i want to like this moment more but i don't i don't really like this moment and i've liked a lot of the moments just right before this moment so maybe that means i was a little delusional or maybe that means that i was a little far-fetched with my aspirations maybe i'm not ready for this thing yet whether it's trying to become an, a publisher of a magazine which is a local magazine which i've been working on that i partnered with a company to work on why did i do that because i wanted to learn publishing but here's the thing the model is not for me I don't have money in the bank to support myself while I build this business and that matters. I don't have the faith to believe in everyone involved and that matters because I'm paying attention to that. That's why it matters because I decide what I decide what red flags are in my head that matters. Because honestly, whenever I see business practices that I know suck, it becomes like a death timer in my head. And I know that, wow, that was a red flag. Oh, wow, here's this other red flag. Well, I, now I'm remembering this other red flag from the very beginning. And wow, I mean... I totally quelled that before, but now it's coming back up. Maybe I should have said something about it. Oh, well, exactly. Maybe I should have said something about it. But I didn't. That's on me. And it doesn't matter what the thing is. It was always about not believing. And it's that non-belief that puts us in a situation to be humbled. That teaches us the value of believing. Both in the failure sense and in the sense of success. Again, this is just a completely off-cuff, totally open-ended, you know, idea flow of consciousness here but what do we really care about why are we doing that why go that direction when we could go this direction well here's the thing you can really only go one direction at a time and that's what we have to humbly remind ourselves every day so like a person driving in a car 
you have to navigate. You can do all the things that you have planned for your day if there is enough time to do them, if you have the means to do them, the car, the gas, and if you're just physically capable of doing them. If I wanted to drive to Antarctica today, I'm just, I'm not going to be able to do that in a car or on a ship in a train, on a bicycle. I could get there on an aeroplane. Barring no storms block my path. Barring no tragedies block my path. I could get there. Would I know where to land? Absolutely not. I would hope the pilot does. Would I know what I'm going to do when I get there? No. And I say Antarctica because I fantasize about visiting Antarctica someday. I think it's a very important, beautiful, and obviously dangerous continent. It's almost as mysterious to most of us as outer space. And in that vein of thought, one of the interesting things about Antarctica is that it, it houses a lot of a lot of fallen meteorites that are just untouched by man. I mean, there's pieces of space down there, just like everywhere else on the planet, but these are not being found until they are. Scientists love Antarctica and that's one of the reasons because man doesn't pervert it the way that they pervert everywhere else whatever the point is it's an aspiration it's a goal I have some insane goals insane futures that I want to live being a billionaire is one of them honestly I love the idea the fantasy the potential future of living to the age 200. I think we're honestly getting closer and closer with science and with medicine and with our understanding of the human body, especially with stem cell therapy and stem cell research. I, I think that we could actually see in our lifetimes people that live perhaps secretly where we don't see them, but they're out there to the age of 200. People do live to the age of 130 now, and it's a terribly painful life for most people of that age. But pain is inevitable. Pain is there to humble us. Suffering is not there to humble us. Suffering is there to us for us to pretend that suffering is important and real. Suffering's not real. Suffering is a choice. And I'm not saying pain is real either. Perhaps pain is sort of like a flagpost that we have to go through, that we have to whack our head into as we go past it. Because it was part of the process of whatever that thing is that we're doing.
But suffering is a choice. Suffering is knowing that you don't have to keep whacking your head into it. You can now go forth. So I will end with this. Go forth. Find your whys. Find what it is that you aspire to greatly. And work towards it. And don't make it just about you or just about other people. And don't make it selfish or selfless. And don't make it just one thing or everything. Make it yours. Make it you. Make it as best you know how. And maybe a little bit better. Because I know you can. It's a daily practice just to get a little bit better than yourself yesterday. And understanding that we are all equal. Even if we have different faculties, different development, different developmental issues, different problems, different solutions, different levels of wealth, we are all equal. We all breathe the same air. We all eat the same food. Or at least we have the same fundamental create like creation inside of us happening energy we're creating energy by consuming we're creating energy by consuming knowledge too work on yourself in the ways that people teach you but also in your own ways Take care of yourself so that you can take care of other people. Aspire to great things and know that you may never reach them. But in reaching for them, you become stronger. And if you want to reach one of them, you will have to let go of some of the others. At least temporarily. And that is what humility feels like. Take care. You can follow me on all social media uh, find me tyler wallace ty cool guys t-i-e-c-o-o-l-g-u-y on twitter instagram facebook however you can also find the armchair eclectic on instagram and if you would like to be added to the armchair eclectic facebook private group it's not really that private happy to add you I also ask that you find me on LinkedIn. <clears throat> find me on LinkedIn. Tyler Wallace out of Austin, Texas. You'll see the eclectic, the armchair eclectic podcast on my profile. Yeah, that's how you'll know it's me. I probably do the most thoughtful posting on LinkedIn, so I absolutely want you to find me there as well. And take care. Take care of yourself. Love yourself. Know yourself. Be yourself. Be the best you that you can be.